On today's episode, we are going to take a look at a SaaS company that was very popular at the beginning of the year. And right now, with all these crazy IPOs happening and the bit of sell-off that we're getting, I'm wondering if it's giving us a form of buying opportunities for these companies that were popular earlier throughout the year. So today's episode, we're going to take a look at Datadog, and it's going to be broken down into the following. First, I want to take a look at who is Datadog, what do they provide, and some other customers. Then I want to take a look at their most recent earnings to try to understand the type of growth this company is seeing. After that, I want to take a look at their financials to understand if things are improving over the long term of things and taking a look at things historically. And finally, I'm going to give my thoughts on the company and where I see it going in the next five years. And maybe even and I actually even give up my buy prices for for these stocks so you guys can understand when I'm going to be picking up Datadog, if at all. So like always, if you are new to my channel, if you're a long-term investor, and if you like to learn about growth stocks, make sure to hit that subscribe button. To all my returning viewers, thank you so much for the support. It truly means a lot, and thank you. And if you guys ever want to get in contact with me, YouTube comments, you can find me on Twitter, on Twitch, on my Discord channel, on josenaharo.com. All the information that I provide here is free, but remember... All of this is just my opinions. I am by no means a professional, so none of this should be taken as advice. Make sure to talk to a financial advisor before making any decisions. So let's get started. All right, so today we're taking a look at Datadog. This is ticker DDOG for all my podcast listeners. It ended the day at $85.69, which gives it a market cap of about $26 billion. So actually, let me know in the comments right now, guys. Are you in Datadog right now? Or are you watching this video to more understand what the company does and trying to see when would be the best time for you to get in? Also, before we go any further, I do live stream on Twitch every Sunday at 8.30 Eastern Time. And this is when I give back to the community. If you guys want to come and ask questions and just take a look at different stocks, make sure to follow me on Twitch. You should see the link on the pinned comment and also on the description. All right, so now let's take a look year to date for Datadog. Year to date, this stock has returned over 133% to investors and compared to its peak its peak is somewhere around 96 dollars at the current price is down about 11 percent so there has been a sell-off there was a point when it even dropped down further in sometime in late august in early august and that was actually after the earnings it dropped 21 percent and it was sitting somewhere around 75 dollars um, so today's episode let's start off with the introduction of of, of datadog so Datadog, the best place to find out about the company is just go to the, their website and do About Us. So Datadog is the essential monitoring platform for cloud applications. They bring together data from servers, containers, database, and third-party services to make your stack entirely observable. These capabilities help developing teams avoid downtime, resolve performance issues, and ensure customers are getting the best user experience. So you might be like, Jose, what the freak does that mean? What what are you trying to tell me right now? So let me try to just go a very, very high level so we can all understand. Because I know sometimes people might watch it and might not be software or in the technology aspect. So the easiest way for me to explain it is, so Datadog kind of helps you with performance issues when you write a code. It's, it's, it starts monitoring it starts monitoring your actions inside your code. So when a user 
clicks an action or tries to do an action and monitors that time it takes and it might be it might alert you it might be like hey developing team when your customers click this action it's taking a lot longer than when they click this action it might be due to the way you have written your code so it helps teams it, it helps it helps developing teams resolve those issues and make that performance a lot better and at the end of the day it's going to help users uh it's going to help the users have a better uh, a better experience using the application another thing datadog does and we're going to take a look at some other customers another thing datadog does is it tries to uh, it, it tries to help you when um it tries to send you alerts before things are going to go bad so let's say you created an application but before you created this application you didn't know how many users or, or how much it can really take depending of, of user data and what Datadog can do is hey, when you start seeing a new users coming in, it's going to start showing you the way um, the way your application is reacting. And you might be like, oh, wow, right now it seems if it keeps going in this trend, this portion of the code, this portion of the application might break because it doesn't seem like it'll be able to withstand all this new popular, this new popular growth that I'm seeing. And, and that's that's super important especially imagine if you start a new app and when you start and you get too much popularity into this app that when people try to get into your application and it doesn't work they might not come back again so these are all important stuff and that's to me the easiest way i could have explained it now let's take a look at some other customers and here you can go to datadoghq.com and they have a portion of 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 customers where they have videos showing how um how their customers are using their their product so the first one is Peloton and Peloton uses them as an APM monitoring system and APM stands for Applications Performance Monitoring. So it's just how I, I mentioned, right? It helps make sure that to, co um, to tell you where, where performance is lacking within your application. And the way Peloton does it is they do a lot of live classes. And with these live classes, they also do some form of of scoring preference so they want to be able to have right if you're doing a live class you want to make sure your scores are being updated are being updated on real-time experience and you don't want to be there being some form of lag behind that point system so they use it to make sure that they that everything all the application the performance is running as smooth as possible with the increase of number of users that they're seeing and with the increase of and with the constant update of those scores happening so you they have to make sure those scores are being updated as as seamlessly as possible um other companies that use them they have a lot of great customers century fox dreamworks Sonos, whole foods wwe DraftKings, ubisoft and here you can even take a look at more case studies and two that i definitely took a look on and some testimonials two that i took a look in were DraftKings, and DraftKings, how they used it is originally when they first came out with on the first nfl sunday the first nfl sunday that they came out before the game started coming out with 
they were seeing weird blips uh, on their data and it was showing that the the it was kind of giving hinting that the software was kind of hitting its limit and this was happening before the games even started so it gave DraftKings the ability that before the games even started and before the true amount of users came into their application they were able to see where that error was happening and they were able to fix it so like that when the user base that all those users that wanted to start betting during the first football game and this was a few years back they were able to fix it before that big user growth came and and pretty much in, instead of the, the software being the application being shut down it saved them and they were able to really they were able to continue that day as a normal day another one that uses them was gamestop gamestop uses data on um, datadog to help them reduce their risk during their cloud migrate migration so gamestop is moving a lot of their information into the cloud infrastructure and with datadog it helps them it helps them make sure that they're that they're not losing data throughout the process so we can see there's a lot of different there's instacart so if you guys really want to come learn more about them i definitely want to i definitely recommend going to their main website and taking a look at, at all these testimonials that they have to really understand this product right because there's so many products cool products that datadog has that it would take me forever to try to explain them all but i i believe i gave the overall understanding of them all right so now let's take a look at their most recent earnings so their most recent earnings were august 6 2020 so that's about uh about a month ago and Datadog right now has gap earnings per share of zero cents, which beat by three cents. Um, so it's it, in, in gap earnings per share, it's barely profitable. It, it's pretty much flatline. Revenue for this company was $140 million, and that's up 68% compared to the same time last year. So we can see this is a crazy growth stock. And unfortunately, after these amazing earnings, the stock ended up going down 16%. And I do believe that 16% drop was a great buying opportunity. I wish I would have done more research on this company during that time. But remember, at the end of this episode, I am going to give my thoughts and, and what I consider are, would be some great buy prices for me. So what else happened during these earnings? So during these uh, during the earnings, they mentioned that for as of June 30th, 2020, which was their end of their second quarter, they had over 1,000 and they had about 1,015 customers with annual recurring reoccurring revenue of $100,000 or more. And that's an increase by 71%. Just a year ago, it was only 594. So that is that's that's some impressive growth on the overall customers. They've also achieved this thing called FedRamp, and I thought this one was pretty cool. FedRamp enables Datadog to address U.S. federal governments, departments, and agencies, so it opens up a whole new customer base. They also acquired Undefined Labs, and I do believe this acquisition is a pretty smart move for Datadog. You guys, you, you know how to explain Datadog, how Datadog helps you understand how your application is performing after the, the application is out there and running, it's committed. Well, with this acquisition of Undefined Labs, it actually helps Datadog help its customers understand how their code is doing and how it would do performance-wise before the code is committed to a central repository. So this is before the code even goes live. So a lot of new, this, this enables customers to identify issues before even reaching production. And this, I believe, it, it shows that Datadog will now be able to be in 
before the application is even in production and after the code is in production. So that's a great play. I do believe that was a great play by Datadog. They they are continuing to to innovate their products and, and releasing new products as well for their customers. They did give guidance for for this upcoming year. For the year, Datadog sees a, a revenue of about five hundred and sixty six million to five hundred and seventy two million in revenue, and this was higher than the original expectation, which was around fifty five. 555 million to 565 million and the overall consensus was 563 all right so now that we took a look at datadog's earnings let's take a look at their historical value and see we we saw that in their most recent earnings they were very high in growth and growth wise but has this always been the case for datadog so here we're taking a look at the trailing 12 months revenue for this company and we can see every quarter the trailing 12 months revenue continues to go up Another thing that we're seeing is we're seeing an increase as well of cost of revenue, but even that cost of revenue is not growing as fast as that revenue. And we can see that gross profit is increasing every every quarter if we take a look at the trailing 12 months. Revenue growth in the recent quarter was 68%. The quarter before that was 87%. The one before that was 84%. And the one before that was 87%. So in the past four quarters, it has grown its revenue by over 70, easily over 67%, over easily over 70% on average every quarter. That to me is showing that this is a true growth stock and it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon now i want to take a look at their margins so their gross margins in the trailing 12 months seem to be improving over time this most recent quarter was 78.3 when the quarter before that was 77.2 and the quarter before that was 75.5 so it does seem a small increase what i'm really happy to see is profit margins are increasing profit margins just two quarters ago um were we're negative it, when we take a look at trailing 12 months so right now in the trailing 12 months this quarter profit margins were 0.7 percent so now it has officially been profitable in the past 12 months and that's a really really great news and it, we can see there is this improvement the quarter before that was negative 0.2 percent the quarter before that was negative 4.6 the one before that was negative 7.8 so we can see an increase in profit margins if we take a look at quarterly it's not the first but that's i, I like to take a look at longer range of data and that's why i prefer looking at the trailing 12 months revenue next i want to take a look at the at their balance sheet so the balance sheet right now doesn't seem that bad this quarter it did increase its debt by an, a big portion we can see this big jump a quarter ago it was about 46 million dollars of non-current debt this now is sitting at 612 million dollars and i believe this they did issue a convertible senior notes which are due to um 2025 which was about 740 million dollars at a print aggregated principal amount of 0.125 rates and that's pretty amazing so it, this is debt that's not due anytime soon and it's at very very low rates so that's where this big increase in non-current debt came from um, but we can see even with that they have non-current debt of 612 million and current debt of about 14 million so roughly debt of 625 million dollars 
but they have current investments of 126 1.26 billion dollars and cash of about 210 million dollars so roughly they have about 1.5 billion dollars of quick cash which is enough to pay off their total debt so this is a company with a very very strong balance sheet next what i wanted to take a look at was their their operating cash flow margins and their free cash flow margins so we can see one thing as their net as their revenue is increasing we're seeing revenue increasing their net cash flow from operations is also increasing in the fair and very similar trend line and that's what you want to see right net cash flow from operations is the money that they get from their everyday activities and if they're everyday that's their main business so that's what you want to see that being positive so and that's good that is their revenue is increasing so is their net cash flow from operations their operating cash flow margins have increased over the past quarters and it's now sitting at roughly 14.6 percent when we take a look at trailing 12 months if we take a look at quarterly data it's a bit higher but remember i i, I like to take a look at the past 12 months better because it, it really gives me a picture understanding of the long term of things for the company next i want to take a look at free cash flow and free cash flow if you guys don't under, don't know is operating cash flow minus the money they use for capex is what it's called this capex is like long-term purchases that they buy if it's some new equipment so this free cash flow it's pretty much their normal operations minus any long-term investments this company is doing within the business and that's still also profitable and we can see over the years as revenue is increasing that free cash flow is now positive and it's also increasing at similar rates free cash flow margins right now sitting at 9.38 percent and this is to me it's looking really healthy for datadog uh so so now um now we took a look at their financials so now let's end up giving my thoughts on the company and what would be some of my buy, my my buy prices. So before I go in, let's just do a, a quick recap on Datadog. Datadog, the overall market that they're in, I do believe is one that will continue to grow and they are going to see more customers. All right, especially now with they them being able to work with federal agencies and the government, it's opening up new customers for them to to acquire next they're doing really smart with the types of acquisitions that they purchased this acquisition that they recently did with undeveloped undeveloped labs i forget what it's called undefined labs again it, it, it matches with the products that they do and it allows them to now enter before the before the application is even in production so i think that's even more a, a more reason for customers to use datadog we see that their most recent earnings were really great they saw that strong growth and when we take a look at historical values we're seeing an improvement in profit margins we're seeing an improvement on gross margins we've seen an improvement on, on revenue growth this is just growing dramatically quarter over quarter when we took a look at that balance sheet it was extremely extremely healthy um and finally when we're seeing that free cash flow margins and operating cash flow margins we're seeing that growth again over the long period i'm taking a look at trailing 12 months um growth and, and we're seeing the, we're seeing these lines continue to go up so let me know right now how are you guys liking datadog as it is financially and business-wise i do believe this is a great company for me now now let's get into the tricky part so for me datadog and for all my types of investments and this is something new this is a, a product I, i've been getting i feel like i want to be a, a little more 
not predictive, I want to say, with these videos, but kind of discuss where my long-term goals for these companies are. So the first thing is when I invest in the company, the first thing I want to do, I want it to be oh, I want it to do better results than the market. On average, the market returns doubles your money in about 7.2 years. I want my investments when I invest in a company to double faster than 7.2 years, right? That's that's the overall. If I can do it, what I would prefer, if I can double my money every five years. In theory, if I can do it every five years, by the time by the time I doubled it twice in the market with my investment style, I, I, at that same time frame, it would roughly take about. I would have tripled my money. So we're seeing that inc- that compound interest just working its way over time. And, and that's my end results. So for me, I, I'm a long-term investor. And let me zoom in with this for, for you guys so you guys can, can see what I'm doing here. So here, what I have is I have the current revenue of Datadog, right? And this is zero, um, year one. I Thanks to analysts, I can actually see what analysts expect Datadog to grow throughout the years. And then, and by the end of this year, they expect five point seven one million, five hundred seventy one million dollars of revenue growth. And we took a look at what at what Datadog actually announced at the at the end of this year. They were expecting somewhere around those levels. All right, so that year makes sense. Then analysts expect the year after that to be seven hundred and seventy one million. So we can see I, I estimated this type of growth, and I, I put estimations on future growth. I believe in the next in the next year three, year four, year five, it'll grow on average about 36-37% annually. So at the end of year five, this company would have for in my this and remember this is my opinion, it would have revenue of 1.9 billion dollars of revenue. All right, so now what I also ended up doing is I ended up putting multiple price to sales ratio, a multiple of 20, a multiple of 25, and then multiple of 30. And the way I got these price to sales ratios is I looked at different I looked at different companies. For example, one I looked at was Shopify. And Shopify has been here for some time, and they right now have a current forward price to sales ratio of 31. I do believe 30 is a bit high, but I ended up putting that on the high range. Um, but so I but I also wanted cheaper valuations. So the cheapest valuation I put was a multiple of 20 price to sales ratio. So at the current prices right now, current market cap of $26 billion, if if we buy if I was to buy if I take a look at that revenue growth in five years, and remember five years, this is faster than the overall market. The overall market is expected to double in seven years. So if in five years, these values, this revenue growth tend to go how I expect them to go, the future um, the future cap at the lowest price valuation would be about $40 billion. And that would only give me a gain of 51%. On the mid-level, and that's what I'm really looking at, at the mid-level of a price to sales ratio of 25, it gives me a future cap of about $49 billion. So now that's almost gains of 89%. So now that's getting closer. Okay. And now let's say these valuations stick like crazy at 30 price to sales ratio. Um, right now, with that expected revenue growth, this market cap would be about 50, about $59 billion. So that would give me about 127% gains. And I that's better than that 100% gain that I want every five years. So that, that would be really good. But that's me going in the high ends of things. So what I wanted to see is when would I, if the multiple of 25, which is the middle between the two that I, I stuck with, 
Um, when would that happen for me? At what stock price would it have to be right now for me to get 100% gains, expected 100% gains within the next five years? And for that, the stock price needs to be $81. And this is not, I don't think this is impossible to expect. $81 in the most recent earnings, Datadog dropped all the way down to $75. So it is possible with the volatility for it to buy it. So for me, a really good buying price, again, just my opinion, and for me to get into Datadog would be around $81. But even right now, 89%, it's not that far off from that 100%. What would be an amazing buy, a super buy, but this is me being really, really hopeful, would be when I would get 100% returns on a 20 price to sales ratio. And if I was to get 100% on the 20 price to sales ratio, I would have to buy at about $65. That one, like I said, I believe it is very, very wishing, wishful thinking, if I may say. Um, so right now for me, Datadog doesn't, for me, Datadog doesn't seem like a bad entry price. If it could drop a little bit more, it would be amazing. Like I said, around that 81 is where I would really, really start looking into these companies. And I'm going to actually build a data sheet like this, where I'm going to, I'm going to probably do all my stocks that I owned and put a stock price of when I should start continue to at what points I should really look to increase and Datadog is obviously my first one and that $81 is when I would really really start getting into this company more and more but even right now we're not too far off from that 100% gain so I wouldn't mind dollar cost averaging at this at these price points either Um, I do want to say I did purchase a bit uh, about a day or two ago um, and I can see in the long term things i believe it has been it's going to be a great return but this is expected on this type of revenue growth so if i end up seeing some of this revenue growth changing over the years i will update it and it would help me get a new stock price to look at again this doesn't mean that when the price for example let's say in five years i have a market cap of 59 billion and i got over 127 percent that's not the my sell price that's not at all what i'm saying that wouldn't be my sell price i would then relook at this i would redo a chart like this and try to look at the upcoming years and the if the upcoming years if it's still expecting for me to beat the market then i would hold my position right these aren't sell price points it's more what would what for me would be the best buying points of, of this stock so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and let me know if you guys really like how i ended up this episode ended this episode with giving some form of buy price on on the company um again remember these are all my opinions and none of it should be taken as advice but i think it's always good for me to go in with the plan and to understand why i'm investing in the company and try to understand that valuation growth over time um so let me know like i said let me know in the comments if you like this small portion of it that i ended up adding Um, i find it very useful so (laughs) i think i am going to add it onto the remaining episodes so take care guys have a good night and see you next time